Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. And you can say, well, I'm really sincere about my beliefs. I sincerely believe that what I'm holding to is true. You know, that woman that's a Hindu that has her firstborn child and throws it to the crocodiles in the Ganges River is very sincere. She really believes she is appeasing the god Shiva. She's sincere about throwing and, and offering their firstborn child to the crocodiles. But there's something wrong with that. I may be sincere that I believe my car should be very tolerable and my car shouldn't be just so insistent upon one way and so when I get out of here, I've got to go buy some gas. If I don't believe that my car should be so intolerable that I think it should take any fluid so I'm going to put water in the gas tank, how can it be so insincere? Because I sincerely believe it should run on water. But what's going to happen when you go and turn it over? It's, the car's not going to be as tolerant as I think it should be. The car's not going to quite go along with what I think it should go along with. Why? Because there are some absolutes. Well, you see, I'm belaboring and kind of joking about things. The primary question as I see it, is there a God? Is he knowable? And is he a God that is revealed in the Bible? And that's why I've given you handouts that you can look at to see the atheistic ideas and a much broader topic. You know, there was a book written by Rabbi Zacharias called A Shattered Visage, and I want to just quote a little bit of it. He says, on August 7th, 1961... 26-year-old Major German Titov became the second Soviet cosmonaut to orbit the Earth and return safely, climaxing a monumental feat for mankind. Sometime later, speaking at the World's Fair and savoring his moment of glory, he recounted this experience, vouchsafed to a privileged few, in a rather pre-contextual pronouncement on a triumphant note, he let it be known that on his excursion into space, he hadn't seen God. Upon hearing of his exuberant argument from silence, someone quipped, had he stepped out of his spacesuit, he would have. Evidently reluctant to restrict the immediate gains of the moment to the disciples' directly involved endeavor, Titov attempted to draw theological blood. Thus, in one great step for science became, for him, an immense greater leap in philosophy. On Christmas Day, 1968, three American astronauts were the first human beings to go around the dark side of the moon, away from the Earth. Now, having fired their rockets, they were homebound on Apollo 8 and beheld our planet in a way that human eye had never witnessed before. They saw Earth rise over the horizon of the moon, 
draped in a beauteous mixture of white and blue, bordered by the glistening light of the sun against the black void of space. In the throes of this awe-inspiring experience, they opened the pages of the book of Genesis and read, For all the world to hear, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Zacharias also writes, two similar experiences of awe and exhilaration, two diametrically opposed conclusions about the nature of the world. Such a chasm is quite understandable, for these two incidents carried into space the most fundamentally debated question on earth. Does God exist? Has God created man or has man created God? Is God indispensable to any cosmological explanation or is he only a psychological necessity of men? Theism or atheism? Well, unfortunately, our society is being controlled by atheistic thinking. Nietzsche, that philosopher that came out with the idea that God is dead, he was the one more than anyone else who influenced Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini. For example, Adolf Hitler took Nietzsche and he ran this philosophy to its logical conclusion. He drove the atheistic worldwide view to the very brink. And Hitler said this, and I quote, I have freed Germany from the stupid and degrading fallacies of conscience and morality. Dostoevsky said the great Russian writer was exactly accurate when he said, if God is dead, everything is justifiable. You see, we're living in a day and an age where there's no right, there's no wrong, there's no explanation for the universe because it doesn't need one. It's just one of those things that happens from time to time. And here we are. There's no hope, there's no meaning. There's an English journalist, and I'm going to stop all these quotes, but I think it's a good launching for us. Steve Turner is his name, and he sums it up in a very clever way. Listen to what he wrote. We believe in Marx, Freud, and Darwin. We believe everything is okay, and as long as you don't hurt anyone, to the best of your definition of hurt, and to the best of your knowledge. We believe in sex before, during, and after marriage. We believe in the therapy of sin. We believe that adultery is fun. We believe that sodomy is okay. We believe that taboos are taboo. We believe that everything's getting better despite evidence to the contrary. The evidence must be investigated and you can prove anything with evidence. We believe there's something in horoscopes, UFOs, and bent spoons. Jesus was a good man like Buddha, Muhammad, and ourselves. He was a good moral teacher, although we think his good morals were bad. We believe that all religions are basically the same, at least the one that we read was. They all believe in love and goodness. They only differ on unimportant matters like creation, sin, heaven, hell, God, and salvation. We believe that after death comes nothing because when you ask the dead what happens, they say nothing. If death is not the end, then the dead have lied. Then it's compulsory heaven for everybody, except perhaps Hitler, Stalin, Genghis Khan. We believe in Masters and Johnson. What's selected is average, what's average is normal, what's normal is good. We believe in total disarmament. We believe that there are direct links between warfare and bloodshed. Americans should beat their guns into tractors and everybody else would be sure to follow. We believe that man is essentially good, 
It's only his behavior that lets him down. This is the fault of society. Society is the fault of conditions. Conditions are the fault of society. We believe that each man must find the truth that is just right for him. Reality will adapt accordingly. The universe will readjust. History will alter. We believe that there is no absolute truth, excepting the truth that there is no absolute truth. We believe in the rejection of creeds and the flowering of individual thoughts. Well, he concludes with this postscript. Chance. If chance be the father of all flesh, disaster is the rainbow in the sky. And when you hear state of emergency, sniper kills ten, troops on rampage, whites go looting, bombs blast school, it's but the sound of man worshiping his maker. Very true. If you don't have God, you don't have anything. Pascal said there is a God-shaped vacuum within man that only God can fill. Apart from God, there is no sense of anything. There's no hope. There's no goodness. There's no meaning. Eternity has been set in the heart of man. That's what we consider in this subject. And that's what we're considering in this series. That's why when Paul spoke to those at Athens, he said, I perceive that in everything you are religious. Every religion teaches men should fear gods, except for Christianity. I knew a lot of Southeast Asians, and they always wanted to go back and leave an offering to their ancestors because they were afraid their ancestors were going to come back and there would be some kind of retribution that they wouldn't treat them right. And so they would leave offerings at their graves. The Hindus do much the same. They go and they'll leave offerings at the grave sites of their loved ones. They worship rats also. And there are poor people that believe that these gods are rats and if I'll go and I'll leave them the food and then the rats come and thousands of them pour in and eat up the food. You see, there's a problem with religion when it doesn't lead you to the true God of the Bible. And that's what we find here in Acts chapter 17. They were very religious and it led them off into all kinds of different ideas, but it did not lead them to the truth. And if you're going to know him, you have to know that he is. Know who he is. Know what he requires. And those who know him, like he says here in verse 22 and 23, Paul says, I'm going to introduce you to this God. I'm going to introduce you to the God that is the unknown God. You know, Hebrews 11:6 says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Hi, give me a moment to update you with a bit of information. You can reach us now at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837, Valley Springs, California, 95252. Please contact us with comments, questions, or to receive handouts and printed material. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. So let me say it like this. When people are atheistic, if they're material atheistic, or if they're natural atheistic or humanistic atheists, it will not alter who God is. Just because you believe that things should be this way or that way, it does not affect God. God is true and he is above us and he is beyond all that we can ask or think. So let the scripture 
work and do its powerful work. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the scripture says. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. This is a demonic work. I think what's happening in our world today is being pushed to bring about an agenda that is absolutely demonic. Because it will lead people away from truth. And truth always brings people back to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. You see, when we are standing on truth, it's an interesting thought. You know, it, it was easier for God to create than for us to think. If you have a thought, God can create because God said, let there be light. There was light. When we have to think about something, it was just amazing how quickly God has done that. But all men have a conscience. And all men have the fact of creation. There's a little light within that leads them to want to know who the real God is. And in the truest sense, nobody chooses whether to worship God or not. Or which of the gods you're going to worship. Because either you're worshiping self and your own way and going after what I want. Or you're worshiping the God of truth. Man was born and was made in the very image of God. But because men love their sin, they go after the false gods. They go after all of these different ways. They're going after all these various things, trying to fill that God void within their life. Trying to meet the, some need that they have. But there is an absolute truth and the God of the Bible is knowable. And he is reliable. We're going to be seeing this more and more. Lord willing, if we have next week, I want us to look more into how that we know and can verify the things that the Apostle Paul has said here in Acts chapter 17. Because he shows that he is the creator, but he is in control. And if you read a little farther down, we're going to see he is the giver. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. That's what he says. If you have something, it's because God gave it to you. It's because He is in control. He has you in His hand. You see, somebody doesn't have to believe in God, but God is still true. Whether they believe or not, it doesn't matter and it does not affect God. It affects how we live. You see, as Christians, we ought to now live because we have this knowledge, we have this hope. It brings about positive reaction in our life. What happened in the Aztec society? Because they had a wrong concept of God, they believed that you've got to take a man and cut his heart out while he's still alive, while he's still pumping, so that I can offer it. But true, maybe Christianity, we've, we've hurt some cultures. Cultures that sacrifice living, or that will take your scalp while you're alive, and take your scalp because you want to show how manly you are. And you think about what our Christian society has done. The orphanages were begun by Christians. Helping neighbors. That was something that churches... Now what our government is trying to do in taking care of all of the homeless and taking care of all of the people that are out there, that's something that the churches used to always do. We used to be able to take care of one another. Why? Because we are moved because we know who God is. Therefore, we live differently. That's why we live at peace with all men. And even when they do you wrong, and even when they do you harm, because we know who God is. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He is the giver of life. He is the giver of all that you have. 
So because I know who God is and because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, now my life is different from all others. There is no way that they can argue that. By the way, Hume, Hume was a, wrote volumes on atheism. But he came across the small community, a community of Anabaptists. And he found this community that they took care of one another. And they took care of those that were outside the community around. And they didn't have crime. And they didn't need police. And he did not have an answer for why was this community so different. And he asked them. And they said, because we follow the Christ of the Bible. We live after the principles of Christ. And Hume said there was no answer to that. Because he saw that they loved one another. When I was a young Christian, we used to sing a song, They'll know we are Christians by our love. So true. They will know because you love them. When they hate you, you love them back. But I'm going to drive like a child of God. You may please go right on around me. I'll get right out of your way. I'm going to drive so that the Lord can be seen. In everything that we do, that the Lord might be seen, that He might be glorified, that He is exalted. That they will see that Jesus Christ has made us different. And that is the answer to society. That is what the society needs. Because eternity has been set in their heart. That's going to answer all of the atheist ideas. I spoke a while back to a young man. I've been raised up in church. I've known, him, known his parents for almost many, many years. Remember when he was born. How he was raised. And he went up through Christian school. Now he's an atheist. But he said, well, Brother Paul, maybe you can help people in their marriages. Maybe you can help them in their parenting. Because we don't seem to have any answers. You know why? Because we've got to get back to the truths of the Bible. They don't have any answers. That, except that in a marriage, a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church. That fathers should be the spiritual leaders and love their children. And raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They don't have those kinds of answers that we know. That we, we think, well, everybody understands. And they don't understand it. They don't get it. And we have to model it every day in our lives. I hope that in this whole series, we might draw practical applications. As I've just introduced this today. I hope that maybe if you know someone that's questioning, you will invite them to come. I will try not, I won't browbeat anyone. But I will say that I will preach the Word of God because I believe that the, it's the Bible that is the power. It is the power which the Holy Spirit uses to draw men unto Himself, to bring them to Him. And so we'll absolutely be looking at the Scriptures. We're absolutely, because I believe that the Bible is the Word of God, we're going to prove that. We're going to go through and look at all of those reasons. That the God of the Bible is knowable, and you can know Him, and you can have a personal relationship. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description.
or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.